Bijan Robinson is a polarizing prospect, but should he be? What teams make sense for him in the first round? Which ones don't? We're exploring all of that today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the NFL on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe, it's uh, Monday, and it's been a while since we've done the thing. Right? And routine listeners of, of Draft Dudes will recognize the concept of doing the thing as going through all the teams with one question specifically in mind. And not necessarily the teams in this scenario, but we're going to go through the first round. And we're going to ask ourselves the question with Bijan Robinson because there's a positional value debate that exists with drafting running backs early in the first round. And yet Bijan Robinson is the best running back prospect since... Saquon Barkley? Uh, he's better than Saquon Barkley. Okay. Ever. He's the a- best running back prospect. I, mean, I was going to say Adrian Peterson. <laughs> okay. All right. Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah, that was He's got better vision than – he's got a lot better vision than Saquon Barkley. I would agree. State. Yeah. So, um, uber talented, one of the best talents in this class. And the question is, okay, well, you have a best player available at one of the least valued positions – in the NFL right now, where is he going to go? And in any time an analyst sits down and tries to do the mock draft thing, right, you have to ask yourself the question of where am I going to put Bijan? So that's kind of our objective of doing the thing with the first round and Bijan Robinson is to go through and identify the spots that we think should strongly consider slash draft Bijan Robinson in the first round. Great job setting the roadmap there. Uh, two quick follow-ups on your roadmap. You started with It's Been a While, and I don't think I heard anything else after that because that song was every time. It's just I can't get that out of my head. So, mm-hmm. Yep, so there you go. A little singing here for you on a Monday. Stained. A little stained. Is it stained? I couldn't yeah. remember who it it's was. Stained. It a little bit sounds like Creed, though, too. No, I don't know. don't. don't. Uh, Pop listen, culture references. Go, Come on now. Don't no, do no, that. I will go to bat for Creed. They got bangers. I don't care. I don't care. Right, right, <laughs> right, brother. It's good stuff. Uh, the other thing is, hey, you know that things are weird with Bijan Robinson because I feel like I load up mock drafts right now and I just I studied a bunch of them over the weekend, um, and uh, you see a lot of Bijan just kind of dumped in there to the Chiefs at the end, to the right. Eagles at the end, uh, the Bengals sometimes, the Saints. I've been seeing there kind of like those last four picks. Sometimes the Dallas, sometimes the Buffalo. Right, that's how you know you got a top three player in the class. I don't care what you think about running backs. Bijan Robinson is is to me a top three player in the class in terms of just pure talent. Definitely a top five. And this guy's just getting dumped in there in the back four or five picks. So let's do the thing here and figure out where you know what teams make sense for him. So just to set one thing straight about the positional value debate, what makes it hard, especially with this iteration of the collective bargaining agreement is there's a rookie wage scale that is not position-specific. The fifth-year option is the only thing that's position-specific, right? So the first 
pick has a predetermined amount of the rookie pool that their salary is going to be worth. And when you are, I have it here courtesy of over the cap, when you are the number one overall pick, your contract value is $40.5 million over the first four seasons. Your year one cap hit is $7.3 million. Your year four cap hit, the last year of that rookie deal before the fifth year option, is just short of $13 million. If you're running back in those shoes, the annual average of this contract is $10.1 million. That's more than the two guys are playing on the franchise tag right now. In Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. So that is... The annual average salary of a running back going with the number one overall pick would be behind McCaffrey, Kamara, Cook, Henry, Chubb, Mixon, Aaron Jones. That is it. It's automatically the eighth most expensive running back contract in the NFL. Regardless of where they're drafted in the first round or if they're drafted. If they're drafted number one overall. Okay, but that... It scales down as you go, yeah, and that's going to be one of the things that I'm referencing when we're talking about certain spots and teams is, cool. well, this is the contract value in this pick spot, courtesy of over the cap. So let's do I'll shut thing. up. I'll shut up now. We'll do the thing. Carolina Panthers. No, no need a quarterback, right? <laughs> right. I pretty cut want to get a quarterback, man. <laughs> I'll tell you here. The Houston Texans. Miles Sanders. Uh, no, you got uh, Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary. Just paid Devin Singletary. Yeah. A, a reasonable of amount of money too. A little, little bit of cash over one year. Help the bills with the compensatory pick formula. We appreciate that. And the Arizona Cardinals. Too many needs, right? We we went through this um, roster. Yeah, was bad. it l- last week at some point? We, I mean, this might be the worst roster in the league. Yeah, it, it's it might not be the worst roster in the in the division, but it's might also be the worst roster in the NFL. So that tells you about the state of the NFC West right now, in general. Right, it uh, doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's the, there's probably a value proposition where like this is probably the first spot where you eliminate the quarterback positional need you say well if you're just going to truly draft best player available there's an argument to be made that Bijan Ramos is the best player available but not with the lack of building blocks that this team has at essentially every premium position Arizona's got to be a trade-out team in my mind right to me right. there's going to be QB3 is going to be on the board you got to you got to dangle that you got to entice somebody you got to look at a team like Tennessee uh, potentially at 11 to come on up and get a quarterback. You know, I, I mean, I'd be really interested in moving back if I was Arizona. The Indianapolis Colts at number four. Joe, I have to sneeze. So give me your thoughts no. on the Colts. Yeah, the, the answer there, I mean, not only do you have glaring needs at other positions, you have Jonathan Taylor, who's one of the best young running backs in the NFL. So that's a no. Thank you. Uh, I agree. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks at number five. Ken Walker, baby. No, you don't. You don't do this if you're Seattle. Yeah, Kenneth Walker. If if Seattle was devoid of a running back on a rookie contract that had the kind of season that Kenneth Walker had last year, I think you can make a very compelling argument with who Seattle has tried to be in years past yeah. and the DNA of that that coaching staff and the ideology of the team. But yeah, not with Kenneth Walker on the roster, a second year player. They got to be excited about some of the D line talent that they could be looking at right there at number five. Would you like an update on the rookie wage scale as we shift gears to number six, which belongs yeah, to the Detroit Lions? I would because this is where the Bijan Robinson start conversation starts to heat up in my mind. 
the four-year total value according to over cap over the cap for this contract is $29.9 million across the first four seasons. Okay, so he came down about $11 million, right? Correct. Pretty good. So Detroit's the team at six, and they just gave David Montgomery a deal, right? That's kind of weird to remember that. I don't think I still in my mind I don't associate David Montgomery with the Detroit Lions, right? But it's time to start programming that to be true. Here's a fun fact for you. We said at the top, if he got drafted number one overall, he would be the eighth most expensive contract. Dropping to number six, and now it's just short of seven and a half million dollars per season. How many contracts have moved in front of him that would not have been in front of him at number one? So this would he's he's going to be making it's four, it's a four year thirty million dollar deal essentially yeah so it's seven and a half per seven and a half per I think a couple right only three and there are the three franchise tag running backs in Saquon Barkley Josh Pollard Jacobs and, and Tony Pollard those are the only three that moved in front so this is kind of the dead spot is still kind of the dead spot with running backs yeah. Uh, James Conner is next on the list with $7 million per. I think for Detroit, at six, I don't know that I'd like it as much as I would at 18. Of course. The the golden question is, will he be there at 18? Which we'll uncover probably here as we move along. I think a player like Bijan Robinson is so much of what Detroit wants to be on offense. I think a back like him to go with the creativity of an offensive coordinator like a Ben Johnson, the offensive line that they have, the the weapons that they have at receiver, I think you can really present some real challenges uh, to defenses in, in what you're going to try to take away. Um, because if you try to take away the run, you've got Jameson Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. You try to take away the run, you know, you know, you've got, or excuse me, try to take away the pass, then you got Bijan who's going to feast on light boxes. Five best offensive lines in football. Yeah. So, a bunch of Maulers up front and Bijan running behind it. It's intriguing to me. And, and I'm not a huge David Montgomery guy, not going to lie. So, that doesn't really move me off. I'm not really high on DeAndre Swift. There's certainly some huge durability questions there um, getting towards the end of his contract. I'm interested, but a lot more interested at 18. So, if I'm Detroit, I'm willing to take the gamble. Right, because of the replaceability of production at the position. Yeah. But I too am nowhere near a David Montgomery fan or a DeAndre Swift fan at this point. Yeah. And DeAndre Swift's in the last year of his rookie contract. So there's a very obvious transition that could happen there. We'll see how many other potential landing spots we nail down between Detroit at six and Detroit at eighteen. But we got a couple spots here left. Uh, to finish out the top 10. Vegas, seven, not with Jacobs on the tag. No. And, of course, a lot of needs. A lot of needs there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The, the trenches on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons at eight. Let you go first on this one. I would strongly consider it. I understand why you wouldn't. Um. You have a young player in Tyler Algier who's a heavy-hitting back and Corderell Patterson who's been a nice mismatch type of player and, and has found resurgence in his career playing for Arthur Smith. 
I just wouldn't let Tyler Algier be the reason I don't draft perhaps the best running back of prospect of the last 15 years. And people say generational talents and we all roll our eyes, but like as far as running backs go, this is the best in 15 years, which probably qualifies as generational. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pound the table for Atlanta to do it because they are an incomplete roster. I really like some of the stuff that they've added on the defensive side of the ball. I'd like for their offense to get more playmakers with the ball in their hands. When you consider um, they went out and got Johnny Smith as a rat guy, they have Kyle Pitts, they have Drake London, continue to get more dynamic. The question is, is, is the opportunity cost for B. John Robinson versus potentially a back on day two? I can see why this team has enough needs seeded throughout the rest of the roster where you wouldn't go B. John Robinson at eight. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I also look at look at it through the lens of can Bijan Robinson be a stabilizing presence if Desmond Ritter's my quarterback to be able to lean on him? Mm-hmm. I'd love mm-hmm. that. Uh, do I think that Bijan Robinson helps me win the NFC South next year? Yes. Like, it, it, like obviously because he's a good player, but because of him on your team and how it can allow you to play football in a wide open division, right? Being able to have that to lean on, I think is huge. Um, and we certainly know Arthur Smith can maximize them. Really nice offensive line there for the most part, how that's come together. It's intriguing to me. Um, I wish I felt better about their edge rush situation. Right. And of course the edge rushers that we think could be there uh, at seven or yeah, eight, eight, excuse me. So it's, it's interesting to me, but I'm not, I'm not a firm in on that. Uh, Chicago at ten, trading back out of one. Chicago at nine. Chicago at nine. Excuse me. They didn't trade back to, to draft a running back at nine. No, they didn't. And what well, they signed Deonta Foreman, they have Khalil Herbert. I mean, that's not that doesn't move me off of Bijan for sure. Um, if they move back again, but I think the thing about Chicago is they're in a really good spot to, to potentially get the first offensive Top line tackle or pass rusher. I mean, yeah, we talked like, about how unserious that defensive oh, line brother. was. Yikes. So Bijan Bijan at this juncture will probably be a better prospect, but again, it's like going all the way up to Arizona at three, yeah. the needs that you have elsewhere at essential positions are so dire. I couldn't justify it if I was Chicago. You know, we, we talk about best pro- prospect available, and, and I believe in that for sure. But I also look at it through the lens of this is my pick, right? I own the 10th pick in the draft. And your objective to me as a general manager is to use that pick as, in, as, as wisely as you possibly can to improve your football team in the best possible way, right? And, and, and maybe that's not always the best player available. So I think you do have to foil both ideologies together. Joe? Yes? We have a very interesting team at 10 that I would prefer not to rush, so why don't we tell everybody about our friends over at Ultimate Football GM? Yeah, hey, look, if you like team building, you probably do. You're listening to this podcast, and you got to check out Ultimate Football GM. We've talked about this quite a bit. If you think you'd be a good GM, you got to give this a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and try to build a dynasty with ultimate football gm you're responsible for hiring coaches managing the finances negotiating player salaries and terms 
You got to deal with free agency, the draft, personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable offline, play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on NFL scouting listeners, listen up. You get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using promo code locked on in the game store. That's locked on. So make sure to check it out today. Again, to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Philadelphia Eagles at 10. I have a feeling we're going to agree here and going to make some people pretty angry. Well, I mean, we've teased at this about a million times that we know how he would never pick a running back this high, but right. man, oh man, would this be a great player to really elevate what's already a strong offensive situation, especially with Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I'm sure that the contract will look different very soon, but to me, it's very digestible. I mean, you got done. Everything that you said with Detroit is even more relevant for Philadelphia. Mm. When you th- when you re- really boil it down, the DNA of Detroit is they got creativity, they're aggressive, they invest a lot in their offensive line. They now have some promising weapons on the outside. Philadelphia has better weapons on the outside. They have a more dynamic quarterback. They have just as good or better of an offensive line, and they are equally creative and aggressive offensively. <laughs> here's, here's what Eagles fans are going to tell you. They're going to say, we got to the Super Bowl with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell just sharing the backfield. That's great. And when you needed to run the ball in the second half, mm. how'd that go? Kyle coming in right over. Show, I mean, no, show me the line. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Right? Because you, you played the the game in the second half where you couldn't sustain. Kansas City found a little edge and understand some of this has to do with the cleats and the footing on the field. Mm-hmm. And like it gets all relevant, right? But Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, and I'm number one Rashad Penny truther. I think you guys got an incredible running back on a one-year deal for an absolute steal on the free agent market. But the fact that Philadelphia was able to run back a number of position groups defensively where we were not expecting the Eagles to be able to run it back, most specifically the cornerback position, it just makes it even more open and shut for me. Joe, you, you posed the question... Name one player that gives Philadelphia a better chance to win in 2023 with that pick at 10 than B. John Robinson. I can't find one. And, right. and the stress that that can then in turn help continue to take off of Jalen Hurts as being so prominent as a runner. You want to be able to pick and choose your spots there. You don't want to run him into the ground. He got a shoulder injury late in the regular season. Go for the superstar, go for the super team supporting cast. Please do it. And yeah, I get it. You can draft somebody later on and get an impact or dynamic player and get a trench player for economically cheaper. But at this spot at 10, this contract is $22 million across the first four seasons. It's getting pretty digestible. It's five and five and a half. Right. You don't blink at that. 
Five and a half has now fallen behind James Conner, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt. Now you understand why Austin Eckler would like uh right. <laughs> get a new contract. My guy scored like twenty touchdowns a year for the last two years, right? So you could you could sit here and just boil down the argument and say, Well, Philadelphia, you're saving about a million dollars per season versus what Miles Sanders got, the running back that you had and you're upgrading from Miles Sanders to B. John Robinson. Right. And that's kind of like the type of team Do you it. want to be. Yeah, Do it. I hear you. Well, and we <laughs> went through the NFC biggest questions last week or so. And I think you had linebacker written down here, and I had safety. Uh, two other devalued positions right. that you're going to be able to find no problem. Right. You're not picking Drew Sanders or, or Jack Campbell or, here. Or Brian Branch isn't going at 10. Like, all three of those names might be on the board at 30. Good chance of it. I'd say two of them for sure. Done. Yeah. Titans. No. Unless you just want to like sign up for what you've been and try to do it better, I don't know, man. Get seven got... million dollars cheaper at running back and have another player capable of being what Derrick Henry was for your offense the last. I mean, that actually years. sounds pretty good, but you you got so many other issues, man. Correct. I, I think the deterioration of the roster over the last three seasons has not put them in a position to maximize Bijan. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It, it's. The... People are going to get mad at me for saying this, but it's like what Najee Harris has been through his first two seasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, no, I think that's a great that's a great way to. Have put you it. seen the rushing not... yards over under expectation? Yeah, from that class. Yes, he is like dead last by. I mean, he's like 500 yards under expectation. Yep, that's a that's a heck of a parallel. And you're not we're not putting Harris and Robinson in the same stratosphere as prospect, but the maximization of a first right. round running back. Yeah, I think you got to have the resources around him. Otherwise, you're going to waste half of the window in which right. he's the most valuable to your team because he's on a right. rookie deal. Right. Texans at 12. No. Hard pass again for all the dynamics we included at pick two. Jets at 13. <laughs> Did you see uh, they're rumored for some back. Is it Ezekiel Elliott? Um, yes. Did you see the tweet out there from – it was Brees Hall. He tagged uh, Michael Carter. Is like, we good. <laughs> <laughs> We got this. We're all right. Um, like that. I like that room. Yeah. Yeah. A couple nice complimentary Who players. They just brought somebody else back, too. Was it um, the third back? They just re-signed. Ty Johnson? I don't know who they Yeah, Ty back. Johnson. Yeah. I think it is Ty Johnson. I mean, it, it, it's obviously a lot of that is predicated on knowing Brees Hall's recovery is going to go smoothly, which we're operating in the assumption that it is. But if it is, then yeah, I, I think Brees is, that's actually pretty interesting. I don't think we've talked about that. Part of the reason why Brees Hall made so much sense and was so excited was because of his fit. Oh yeah. It's a different system now. Yes. I don't think that changes the 13th pick for the jets. No, but but we have a very small sample size too. There's probably a pretty interesting convert. Maybe that's another show. I want to do another show within the show, especially since we're 22 minutes in on this show. Or at 13. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Some of them will pick up here. New England at yeah. 14, the answer is no. No. You have Ramondre Stevenson, period. Yeah. Uh, is there a team more invested in the running back position than the Green Bay Packers right now? No, nope, we're good. Yep, we're going to move on. The Commanders at 16. Brian Robinson doesn't move me off of Bijan Robinson, but 
I just feel like they can help their, themselves in so many different ways that they should consider. Yeah, we've got a needed corner here. Heaven forbid one of the quarterbacks falls. Sam Howell's not stopping me from drafting one of the top four quarterbacks. Right, Will prospects. Levis is there at sixteen. Yeah, right. we'll do that. And <laughs> we'll I, do I, that for I get sure. it. Seems like they. I get it. Seems like they like Sam Howell a lot. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. Wouldn't stop me from from swinging the bat on a more prominent player. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at seventeen just drafted Najee Harris. Uh, he's been their workhorse with like 3.8 yards per carry the last two seasons as they've been figuring out the offensive line. So we're, we're passing for Pittsburgh, correct? Yep. Detroit at 18? Already had the conversation at 18, yeah. I mean, if he's on the board, I'd love it. I'd love it for Detroit. Tampa Bay at 19. It's interesting, right? Rashad White's their guy now. Uh, Lenny, no longer around. Um, Laid off Lenny. Ooh. Did you, come, did you just come up with that? <laughs> yeah, is that good? <laughs> yeah. um, Lombardi Lenny, playoff Lenny, laid off Lenny. We need a tackle here. Like, we come do. on. We do? We just got done saying five of their six offensive tackles are arguably non-NFL roster caliber players. Right. I, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's kind of like in – it's in that Cardinals conversation for me. Um, to a lesser extreme yeah like i hear you it's i think he'd be a great upgrade for them he'd, he'd really help them i'd like him as a foundational piece of their build moving forward but you you gotta you gotta have something that left tackle right so so i so. guess here here's where you're building the if tampa bay drafted him and they just came straight out and said we just took the best player available on the board like you're not going to be mad at it right no you don't I, you totally understand yeah uh, last team before we have our moment of silence uh, for the Dolphins forfeited pick at 21. The Seattle Seahawks are again on the clock at pick 20. Yeah, we've already we've already done Seattle. Okay, so we're going to go 21 through 31 here after we enjoy a brief moment of silence uh, for Tom Brady stealing the Dolphins pick and with his last victory over the Dolphins. Well, Kyle, as the team that has the most wins over Tom Brady, it would only make sense. But it, can we do the thing? If, if Miami was picking at 21, this is an absolute yes. I do not. not, not to, I didn't mean to put it that way, but oh, honestly. Yeah, like, just yeah. go ahead. Five-yard penalty, legal hands of the face, Joe Marino. We're going to move on. <laughs> Wait, isn't, yes. Isn't, isn't yes. that a bigger? It's an automatic first. I think it's a 10-yard penalty, right? Is it a 10-yard penalty? I think it's 10. I'm not one of the refs. Um yeah, I think the challenge for Miami would would be the de- the positional debate of would you have a more impactful player at one of the other premier positions of need be that at offensive tackle potentially like you might get tight end one. Yeah. Is tight end more valuable in this offense than running back? But if it were me and I'm on the board and the Dolphins were picking in 21 and Bijan Robinson was on the board it would be the easiest selection of my entire life. Right, like I hear, like I was like, I hear you on all that, but right, it's still Bijan. Yeah, right? it would still be yeah. Bijan for for me. Yes, yeah. Chargers right. twenty one. Wouldn't hate um, it. No, I, that that was kind of my thought when I when I'm looking at the draft order, of course, and thinking about what we're going to talk about with the next team, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I don't like this a young offensive line. Um, Eckler's awesome, but like, it feels like that's I don't know how he's going to age. You could have Herbert and Bijan in your backfield for like with Bijan on a rookie deal for like the next five years. You'd save four million dollars against the cap too. 
by getting by trading Eckler and, and drafting Bijan in year one. I don't hate it. The cap hit in year four is four point seven million dollars. Like you definitely have to look at this through the lens of we're gonna trade Austin Eckler. And there you go. So I guess here here's my question with the Chargers at twenty one. Is there a different kind of positional value debate that comes into play when your quarterback is a Justin Herbert, you're probably going to want to throw the ball 35 times a game type of player? Bijan helps you in the passing game, and you still got to run it, right? There still has to be that. Right. Like, you're going to be up in football games late, probably. You need to be able to close it. That's not my question. My question is, is, is from the point of view of the Chargers, if we have Justin Herbert, we're going to throw the ball 650 times a year. Is draft is using that first-round pick to help Justin on 60 of the pass attempts, plus pass pro, right? Mm-hmm. And the running downs, more valuable than drafting someone who can contribute on all of the passing downs. Austin Eckler had 307 touches from scrimmage last year. Yes. The year before that, he had 276. There's a lot of chances for Bijan to touch the football in addition to pass pro. I hear you. I do. And that was I'm what just I was asking I, the question. No, I thought about that a lot with the Christian McCaffrey stuff with Josh Allen. It's like, well, are we going to use this player enough to to justify it? And, and do you want to, right? Do you want to have that? Feel like you have to go a different direction. Feel like that's you have not to, letting yeah. your top yeah. level quarterback and that's, touch the that's ball. just on you to, to, to do that, right? Like right. You, you have to manage that appropriately as a, as a team. Baltimore Ravens. Listen, <laughs> let's... <laughs> <laughs> you did the the kombucha tea girl thing there. I don't know what that means, but you, I, when I'm she so... drinks the tea and she goes, "No." Well, <laughs> if let's say that you can't get Lamar back, and I I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case, and you got to roll with like Tyler Huntley as your starting quarterback, and J.K. Dobbins is like good but been hurt. J.K. Dobbins was also like super pissed at you at the end of the year last year. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think this could be a nice stabilizing player for their direction here. I think it's a stabilizing player whether you bring Lamar back or not. Sure, that's a good point. To be honest. So I get it. Like, Lamar's gotten hurt in the pocket as a passer. But every carry and every touch creates a workload. And in the same way that we were talking about with Philadelphia, if you can be more selective with those opportunities and really make them count and have a player when your DNA has very clearly been, we are going to pound you with the ball and we are going to play action off of that and we're going to take shots down the field. It's a great opportunity, especially with the loss of Ben Powers, you know, to make sure you're not taking a regression step back you it's a an insurance policy against jk dobbins in year one or potentially you could trade jk dobbins and get assets back and then obviously as you said it's a it's a reset of the position so i 
if I were Baltimore, I, I think I've done this in a mock or two throughout the course of the last nine months. I would not be adverse to this at all. Vikings, 23. No. I agree. We need passing game help. We need cornerback help. Look, look, you got to remake the whole defense for, for Brian Flores. And you're paying Cook that and Madison. They brought back right, Madison. They brought though. Madison back. Yeah. They still might get rid of Cook after June 1st. Well, if that's – I mean, if that's true, I, I get interested. Jacksonville, 24. It doesn't it doesn't move the needle for me. Travis Etienne had a nice season. Um, he's a recent first round running back, right? right? Like, don't don't uh, don't be the Bills and draft uh, C.J. Spiller when you have Marshawn Lynch. You know what I mean? No, you don't, you don't want to do that. <laughs> As somebody who's lived that life, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't take need to take like me. two first round running backs in the span of like three years. So yeah, don't do that. Uh, Giants answer is absolutely not. No. Yeah. Uh, Dallas twenty six. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, you have Pollard's a nice player. I, I, Tony Pollard's needs. a nice player who's on a franchise tag yeah. and coming off a season ending injury, though, Joe. So are you in on Dallas going I would. for. I would. You would? Yeah. Really? The, the Dallas offense has. Consi- never mind the fact that Kellen Moore is out and now it's Mike McCarthy calling plays. Dak Prescott has always consistently been the best mm. version of himself when you are the complimentary component in the, of the offense and you have running the ball as the DNA of who you are primarily. And I get, you don't want to pay Dak Prescott to say, well, we need to have a greater emphasis on running the ball. I get that's not ideal, but like Dak is who he is. Okay. okay. All right. I'm warming up. I'm warming up. Welcome. I'm warming up. Welcome to the party. And, and really it's, it, I, I didn't give enough consideration to Pollard coming off injury. And what's your? Are you really going to pay him like a long term contract? Right. You like you just you're you're just now going to get out of the Zeke contract. Yeah. At least at twenty six, the the full value of that deal. It's less than fourteen million for the first yeah. four seasons. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm perked up. Like even if you bring Pollard back. You wouldn't bring him back on the Aaron Jones type deal. He'd have to be cheaper than that. But Pollard's never been that player before anyway. So I'm in. I'm in on Dallas. Uh, Buffalo, 27. I mean, you you have uh, a really, really exciting talent in B. John Robinson that could add a lot to your offense. Um I don't have a concern about the Bills with running back. They have James Cook, Naheem Hines, Damian Harris. You feel good about that as a as a trio. I don't think that prevents you from Bijan. I mean, he just took James Cook in the second round last year. He wound up really evolving well throughout the course of the season. I think you have other needs, but this isn't one where I'm like, this isn't like the Travis Etienne conversation that we were having three years ago for the Bills. When you were just ready for the, for the Brees Hall story. conversation last year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm much more open to it. If I were Buffalo and Bijan was there, I would draft him. I get you have oh. to fill. I get you have to fill needs. Like you have a couple needs to fill. You got a linebacker hole to fill. You have a wide receiver two hole to fill. So like I get it. But I still think Bijan's exponentially better. He's an exponentially better player than whatever linebacker you would reach for in twenty seven to draft for need, or whatever wide receiver would be the best sure. wide receiver available. 
Cincinnati 28. Really just depends on this Joe Mixon stuff. We need a tackle. We we do. Um desperate. We we do, but we all, we also do have uh, Jackson Carmen. <laughs> hey, he played better at the end of last Stop. season. Stop. had a lot of reps. You are here. you have the ignorance to piss on us and call it rain. Let's go. Come on. The Cincinnati would be the quintessential team for me. That I'm drafting the tackle because I need a tackle. It sounds like they're moving on from Lyle Collins. So I would draft the right tackle, and then I would draft the running back on day two. And I think for them, with some of the contracts that they have in need of renewing over the next couple of seasons, kind of like you're facing a potential little bit of a shift, paradigm shift, and, and transition for that organization in the next two years, you got to maximize it and make it count. Like you talk about the rookie quarterback contract, window and all that and Joe Burrow they got to make it count so I would draft the tackle address the need and then I would draft a running back if I need to replace Joe Mixon on day two sit here invoke the names Jackson Carmen and Akeem Adeniji second round pick from like two years ago played better in year two I mean what (laughs) what tack what 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 is the tackle we're gonna get here is Darnell Wright gonna be here maybe not, not according to some people, man. Fine, go get Darnell Wright. So you have you have such a concern at right tackle. Like you yes. still have Jonah Williams. You haven't traded him yet. Take the picture getting for Jonah Williams and add him to twenty eight to go up and get Darnell Wright. I just can't believe you don't have a little bit more of an appetite here if you're not going to bring back for Joe Jackson Carmen. No, for Bijan. Of course, it would be a great fit in the offense. Right, but they they have some nuclear holes that need to be addressed. You couldn't, I mean, their run game was an issue last year. Correct. Some of that was the line. Some of that was mixing himself, save the money, get cheaper, draft one on day two, get another quality offensive tackle in here. Uh, New Orleans Saints at 29. I've seen this a little bit lately. They just got what Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara, Eno Benjamin. That's their backfield. Right, we're kind of anticipating Kamara maybe getting closer to the end of his tenure with the Saints, I suppose. But how do you how do you put yourself in the best position to maximize this Derek Carr run that you're in with? Obviously, salary cap issues, not a lot of depth, a good starting lineup. Is Bijan Robinson that guy? I don't know. I've, I if 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 no. Jamal Jamal can cut into that workload and you can, you know, keep Kamara healthy and available for you. You have Eno Benjamin, who's like a decent third running back. I I don't know if I can say emphatically that this is the best way to maximize the window I, with their car. I feel like the Saints don't have the depth to take a, I'll sure. call it a luxury pick, but you're already paying a big contract at running back, and you just brought in a, a very serviceable player in Jamal yeah. Williams. And they're not picking 29 because they earned pick 29. Let's not forget. Right. right? They, pick, they earned pick 10. Right. They earned pick 10. <laughs> Okay, Philadelphia Eagles again at 30. Yeah, he's there. Sprint. It's, it's <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City, 31. <laughs> yeah, Why right? Not, right? I mean, whoa, it's the same thing with Cincinnati. Talk to me about their tackle situation. Lucas Nang is going to stop me. That's your Jackson Carmen piece in this conversation. I'd rather have Lucas Nang than Jackson Carmen. Sure, but at least Carmen's been healthy. Nang hasn't been healthy in three years. It doesn't matter. This is going to be Matthew Bergeron anyway, but. <laughs> but come on. 
Come on right here. This is the Bengals conversation all over again. Except for maybe you convince me that Isaiah Pacheco is like a more interesting running back than I already have in the fray. I'll I'll entertain you with this. Okay, we're going to go left to right. Who's a better offensive lineman? Jawan Taylor or Orlando Brown Jr.? Let me just say this about Jawan Taylor. The guy's never played left tackle. And they're planning on playing him. Do you want to do you want to call him a right tackle for the sake of the conversation? No, he's their left tackle. I think Orlando Brown's better at left tackle. Okay. By the way, once upon a time, Orlando Brown Jr. had never played left tackle either. All right, we'll see how it goes. Uh, who's a better player, Joe Thune or Cordell Volson? Thune. Who's a better player, Creed Humphrey? Humphrey. Or Ted Karras. Who's a better player, Trey Smith or Alex Kappa? Trey Smith. Okay. So you just went the entire interior trio and gave the edge to the Chiefs, and we acknowledge... Right. Because they have the best interior trio in the league. Correct. You don't need to have five all pros on your offensive line. The Bengals have a the Bengals have a second year player at guard who's good. Kappa, Karis Kappa, and Williams currently on the right side of the line needs to get better. I don't even think Jonah Williams is a tackle, and we got yelled at by that by all the YouTube comments. We did the video on Jonah Williams, and we get it on. He wouldn't play guard. He wouldn't be getting traded. Like, because they you need to get better. I get it. And by the way, part of the crux of the argument was the Bengals still had a quarterback on the rookie deal. Chiefs don't have that. It's different. It's different. So it's different. So what, wait, 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 wait. What's our conclusion here? I would not be mad at them for doing it. I would be more inclined to do it if I were Kansas City than I would if I were Cincinnati. I put him in the same bucket. Okay. Well, let's uh, put us in the bucket of getting out of here. Uh, it's going to do it for us today on the show. Cockrabbe Show. Marino. Appreciate you guys chucking out locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes show dedicated to team building across the NFL. It's your team every day here on the locked on podcast network. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We hope to talk to y'all again tomorrow. So hit subscribe, come on back and see us again soon. Peace.